Coming up on today's episode of the Money Pants Podcast, Proper Goal-Setting Principles. We believe there are five basic principles to setting and achieving your goals. We'll talk about what it means to have a negative goal versus a positive one, how to be specific when setting goals, the secret to achieving your goals faster, and what to look for in an accountability partner why negative goals backfire, how rewards and milestones can support you on your journey to accomplishing your goals, and why your motives matter, because they do. All this and more, but first, the joke of the day. My wife decided to take up the goal of jogging. She said to me, I'm going to run seven miles every day to lose weight. And I thought, how's that going to help? In two weeks, you're going to be 98 miles away. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We are your hosts, Hannah and Fontaine Judd, and we're the proud parents of seven sons and six daughters, ranging in age from college student to toddler. We're both BYU graduates and the creators of Money Pants. Head on over to CaptainMoneyPants.com to learn more about what we do and what we're all about. We believe every person on this planet has been given at least one superpower to help them accomplish their unique mission in life. But the only way to unlock those superpowers is through work ethic. That's when greatness happens. And that's where Money Pants comes in. Money Pants is the complete tool set for cultivating work ethic in all aspects of a person's life. Today's topic, proper goal-setting principles. What do you got, Hannah? Okay, so goal-setting is one of my favorite topics. No. <laughs> Wait, what? No. From the time my husband and I got married, every Sunday we would have a planning meeting where we would discuss the calendar for that coming week. We would discuss any problems that had come up and try to resolve them. And then we would also talk about our goals and how we were doing on achieving personal goals that right. we had set. And so we were kind of, it was our time to report on how we had done on our goals. Mm -hmm. And it was really annoying because every week my husband would be like, yeah, so I had, you know, he, we'd have the, what our goals were written down from the week before. And he'd be like, okay, yeah, so I did that and I did that and I, I, I got that done. And how'd you do on your goals? I'd be like, Oh, you know, yeah, I didn't do well this week. I, I didn't get it done. <laughs> and and then after a few months of having to go, you know, I, I, I actually didn't do that. <laughs> I, I, I failed at that. I felt bad, though, because I felt like I wasn't being supportive yeah. and like there's more that I could do or something. So, so, so then my husband would suggest, okay, well, maybe make your goal more manageable. So... I would like change my goal or make it way easier. And and then three months would go by, a year would go by. And finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm picking a different goal. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not praying. I'm not reading my scriptures. I'm not exercising. I give up. And But this went on for yeah, 15 years. And... <laughs> Anyway, and, but my husband, meanwhile, he was accomplishing all his goals and it was driving me nuts. And so at one point, I finally was like, I'm like, I don't get it. I never get my achieve my goals and you always achieve your goals. What What's my problem? Why Why are you doing why are you able to do that? And I'm not. And so my husband was like, well, he, he went over these principles of how to set a proper goal. And, you know, one of the things was to track it. Another thing was to reward yourself and, you know, report it and all that. And so I, I made this little chart for myself on a piece of paper <laughs> and, and that I was going to keep track of. And I was going to buy myself a pair of shoes because that's something I wanted when I accomplished everything. And... I think two days later, I lost the piece of paper. <laughs> and, and a month later, I saw a pair of shoes on sale and I bought them for myself. And so it just, it didn't, it didn't work. And so when I, we went back and reported, I was like, it's like, what happened? I was like, I lost the piece of paper. <laughs> Anyway, as we were, I was like, gosh, you know, I've got to figure this out. I was thinking about it and I realized that our kids were using money pants and they were accomplishing their goals. And the way money pants was set up was like the most effective way to implement the principles that my husband was talking about. And so that's when we first 
I first tried going, hey, well, what if adults did money pants oh, and parents okay, right. did no, money no, pants no. with that's their right. kids? I remember that. And that's the first time in my life I have ever started accomplishing my goals because it was all there on on the on the the app. I didn't it was my phone. I didn't lose that too often and it was implementing all the principles and I was getting rewarded each week and I could spend the money when I wanted to as it, as I accomplished things, but I realized that that's what money pants is. Money pants is simply all the principles of goal setting put into an app, like applying all those proper principles of goal setting. But today, we're going to go over what those principles are. Whether you're using the app Money Pants or not, here, if you want to accomplish your, your goals and do it effectively, here is here are the principles you've got to implement. And so... Well, no, up to that point, though, I did want to clarify... Up to that point, Money Pants was primarily, we had developed it for our kids. Yeah, it was just and a system for you our and kids. I, you and I weren't in the system. We had, we didn't, we, you and I just didn't use it. It was a, it was an app for parents to use with their kids. Yeah. And then you're like, wait a minute. Why, I want to do what my kids are doing. My, my kids are doing all these wonderful yeah. things. How hard would it be to include parents in well, the app. up to that point, my husband and I had allocated every month we would just give ourselves personal money, like mm-hmm. like one hundred and fifty. You have one hundred and fifty dollars this month, and I had one hundred and fifty dollars. That that's what we had yeah. done at at one point in our marriage. And so every month, you and I had our own personal money. We could buy clothes, we could get our hair done, we could well, when we uh, first get got married, gym memberships. Like yeah, a month. I think no, it was ten dollars. Was it ten? Yeah, when we were really yeah newlyweds, it was but like we $10 were able to make month. that money stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it was great having that personal money. So when we switched over to Money Pants, all we did was instead of just being handed that hundred and fifty dollars of personal spending money. We earned it through achieving our goals. Which is stuff we would already do anyway. Yeah. So, so the anyway, that's... things that we wanted to do anyway. Yeah. 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 So it, it worked out. It worked out almost seamlessly. So five core principles of proper goal setting. They are, first, be specific and measurable. Every goal should be specific and measurable. Number two, every goal should be positive and achievable. Number three... Every goal should have a deadline and milestones. Number four, every goal, you, you need to be accountable to somebody or have, have some sort of accountability partner. And number five, have a reward in place. So, but I, let's just go over these. First of all, goals should be specific and measurable. So I think, you know, you make the goal of, and a lot of people do this, I'm going to be healthier this year. That's not a specific goal. That's that's very generic. It's a good idea, but it's not fleshed out. It's not solidified. It's not. It, it's too generic. And uh, what, what do you mean by healthier? Are yep. you going to drink more water? Or are you going to exercise once a week? Well, what, you... what, what's the criteria? How, how do you know? First of all, how do you know you've accomplished the goal? I am healthier now. I guess. How, how do you know that? Um, what I think a better way would be: What's the end result that you want? And, they, and make that your goal. So saying something like, I'm going to be healthier this year, uh, doesn't have, it doesn't have the power to, to produce the action that you want. Because, oh, I'm healthier today, so I guess I got my goal. It, it doesn't produce the action. It, when you make a goal, you want it to have power to motivate you to act. That's, that's one of the main ideas of when you're creating the goal, you want to be able to be motivated by the specificity of it. So I want to be able to run a mile in eight minutes. Yeah, that, I, see, that's I a specific goal. Well, that, be... that's close, except I want to be able to run a mile in eight minutes by January of next year. I bet you're going to say without dying. <laughs> <laughs> by, by, no, I want to run a mile in eight minutes without dying. That's my goal. No, um, Very specific. We're, we're trying to be specific also with our timelines too, though, where I want to be able to run a mile in eight minutes by... January of next year. That's see how specific that is. Uh, another goal would be I'm going to eat three meals a day and not skip anymore, including having my first meal within an hour of waking up. Like those are that that's pretty specific. You could even be more specific of what qualifies as a meal and when the meals have to take place. But the idea is the more specific it is, a the more the more satisfying it is when you achieve it. 
but also the more power that it creates when you're trying to accomplish it. It's a weird thing, but it has to be specific. Yeah, I, I've heard people like, I want to do more service. I want to be more service-minded. That's my goal. Hmm. But it's that's kind of like an overarching change that you want to make. But you have to, in order to achieve it, you have to have something specific in mind, like um, a ladder, uh, uh, steps that you're going to take. Exactly. To you, that. you know, and you okay. So you bring up a really good point. You, you're talking like the master goal of where you want to be or who you want to be. But in order to achieve that, that's like being at the top of the ladder. And you're looking at the top of the ladder going, I want to be more service-minded. I want to be kinder. Yeah. But the goals should be like the rungs of that ladder. And so you can create a whole bunch of different goals to help you achieve that master idea. But if you don't, here's the problem with climbing a ladder. If you don't have rungs, if you don't use the rungs, you'll never get to the top. So I think that having that master goal, that's commendable. That's great. That's a good idea. But until you make specific steps to achieve that, you're not going to be you're not going to be effective, and it won't it, it won't happen. It'll, it'll never happen. It'll just be a hope or a dream, and that's where it'll stay. But each one of those rungs on the ladder is like a, a specific goal, and that's what we're talking about. Is each one of those rungs? In order to create those rungs, you have to apply these five principles, and one of them is to be specific. So, I think. Be specific, Bob. Yeah, be specific, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bob Parr and his boss. Um, but then the, the second part of that is to be measurable. So in order for it to be specific, I kind of mentioned that where I want to run an eight-minute mile. That's a specific goal by January of next year. So it's it's measurable. So I, I think a, a bad example would be my goal is to be better informed about the world. Well, that's a poorly worded goal. How do you know you've accomplished it? A better goal would be, my goal is to read from the newspaper at least 15 minutes every day. That That's specific and it's measurable. It, maybe you'd say, I want to read from the New York Times for 15 minutes every day between the hours of 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock. On my but, lunch break. Yeah. Every, yeah. So the, the, the key is to be specific and measurable so you know you've accomplished it. And the, the rule of thumb, kind of the the trick is that an outsider watching you would be able to tell if you've accomplished your goal or not. That's how you know if you've been specific and measurable is if somebody looking from the outside could say, oh yeah, they can they can, they can tell if you've achieved your goal or not. Mm-hmm. So if someone's out that, that's why the whole running thing works so well, where you're like, okay, if somebody at the park was watching me and I ran around the track four times under eight minutes and it's December of this year, they'd be like, oh yeah, they accomplished their goal. I could see that. So... So that's the first principle. It's got to be specific and measurable. Second principle, positive and achievable. I know you have some thoughts on this, but I just want to <laughs> let me crank this out real quick. This is a huge mistake. Almost, pretty much everybody makes when they set goals, You they set a negative goal. And what do I mean by that? I mean, they set the goal, I'm going to stop smoking. Negative goals are things that I'm going to stop doing. I'm not going to do this anymore. A a goal that says you're not going to do something. That's what I mean by when I say don't make negative goals. Because I'm going to stop smoking. That's a a good desire, but it won't work. And there's a couple reasons why. First of all, as you're working towards this goal, what is it you're thinking about? smoking. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to smoke. What are you thinking about? <laughs> Give me my cigarettes. <laughs> smoking. And your brain, your brain actually can't process negative. It can only process the, the input of smoking. So your brain's thinking, smoking, smoking, smoking. And then of course, what are you going to do? You're, you're going to be, Oh, my brain wants to smoke. And it, it's actually counter, uh, uh, productive because you're not, not only are you not Smoking, you're actually thinking about it more than you were when you were smoking, and which leads you to end up smoking. You know, that's funny because just this morning, the kids and I were watching a, a, a seminar about addictions, and they were talking about people overcoming like cocaine or methamphetamine addictions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one thing that seemed to be very helpful was if they set goals to, to do something else, like um, take up basketball or where where they they took up a new hobby or a exactly. new focus that was one of the things that would help them a lot overcoming their addictions is if they would take up something healthy and active and 
Well, that, well, that's the problem. Is it again? If you set a negative goal, let's say let's say you actually accomplish it, or you stop smoking. Now there's a void in your schedule. There's a void in your routine that smoking used to fill. If you don't set a positive goal, all you've done is you've created a vacuum in your schedule, in your routine, that's going to get filled by something. And so, so <laughs> sad, you need to make that decision of what that right. something so, is going to be. Unfortunately, people will give up. And <clears throat> you could probably think of people in your own life that you know, where they give up one vice simply to replace it with another. You know, they, oh, I, I stopped smoking, but I started drinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I stopped gossiping, but I started excessive Facebooking or whatever, where they, they took one thing that they stopped doing, but they didn't replace it with something positive that they wanted to do. And so it just got filled right back in with something else that's equally bad or sometimes worse. Yes, I did have an experience with this. When I was a teenager, my church had a goal setting program called Personal Progress. And one of the goals you could pick was to not criticize others for a three week time period. That wait, that was one of the recommended? Goals? Yeah, yeah, it was one oh. of the, you could choose it. And I chose that. I'm like, I really want to do that. I want to not be criticizing other you people. You felt like you were being too critical and you wanted yeah, to be yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, okay, got it. And so I, I set this goal and I kept goofing up on it and restarting over the three weeks and restarting over. And by the end of the year, I, I a whole year went by and I could not get that goal accomplished. And finally, I felt like, wow, I'm a, I'm just a really mean person. And and I felt like in order to get that three weeks done, I had to just not talk for three weeks. And so <laughs> and so it didn't quite it didn't quite accomplish. I'm going to be mute for three weeks. Yes. And so probably what looking back, probably what would have been a more uh, a proper goal at that time is it just so happened I was only getting five hours of sleep a night because I was kind of overdoing it with my schedule. And so probably going to bed earlier would have been a better goal or, or saying, hey, I'm going to each time I meet somebody, I'm going to think of something positive to say about them or to them. Well, okay, and, and so, but that brings and, up a good point. But that though. would, instead of thinking of something negative about them, I'm not going to criticize them for that. I'm not going to, it would have been, okay, what what's good about this person? What can I say good right. about this person? That would have been, been so much more effective. Well, if you had had, though, like a parent or a mentor kind of walk you through these things, you probably could have avoided, could have avoided that pitfall yeah. of making a goal. Oh, I'm not going to be so critical. A parent could have said, been like, well, maybe you should stop eating stuff you're allergic to. Yeah. They, maybe, maybe a better goal <laughs> would be. Or skipping my meals. Or maybe I, I was a better goal would be to, yeah, to, to get more sleep. <laughs> Yeah. Or to stop overdoing it. That would be a better goal. Or, or make these goals in conjunction. Yeah. And yeah. so so my my that that one goal all by itself, it just was not the most effective thing. But if I had met a person and I'm like, okay, I've got to think of something positive about this person, I could have done that. And it would have kind of taken the place where it would have become more of a habit of let me think of something good. So, Let me think of something positive. And, and that that would be more achievable than I'm not going to think anything mean. I'm not going to say anything. Because what are you thinking about? I, I'm thinking about all the things I don't like about them. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so let me back up a second. Uh, you, went a, you said you went a year? Yeah, I could not get it done. So I'm just curious. You said you felt And that's like, actually where it started, where I'm like, I can't achieve goals. If I make a goal, I can't achieve oh, it. Oh, you like 16 but, somewhere? But it made it worse. I... And I'm like, if I make a goal, I actually get worse at it. Well, no, that okay. So I, that, that's my question: is how did you feel at the end of that year? Like you said, you felt like, like you I were a bad person. I had become more critical. But, like but, I had actually become more critical. But not only did you feel like you'd become more critical, but that you couldn't actually achieve goals, right? Like yeah. you were somehow this loser. Like, yeah. Like I, I, I felt like, like I felt like if you were I defective if or I made a goal, if I made a goal, it would automatically mean I couldn't achieve it. It, it was this weird thing. Like it was this, this, uh, that's awful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but no, but that's, 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 but that's no, where I, I'm, I'm sad for you. That, that's awful. That's where that's, it started. But if I had known 
if I had known, like, oh, man, <laughs> I feel really bad. That's but 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 the point experience. is, I could have, if I had known, I could have made that into a success story and easily accomplished. Yeah, and that the- would have been awesome. <laughs> yes. Okay, so, so I, I think you proved the point. Yeah, make positive make, goals. Make a, make a don't, positive don't make goal. a goal of I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Don't do that. So, and so. I, but I want to talk about that. So when you're coming up with your goals, sometimes it's not clear. Like, I want to stop smoking. That's my goal. I don't know how to replace that with a positive goal. I think a, a good way to, to come up with that is to go to ask yourself, why? Why do I want to accomplish this thing? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the goal will present itself at that point. Well, where maybe you're pregnant or maybe, you know, or, you want to be pregnant. or yeah, Perhaps the reason is you want to be healthier and live longer or maybe you're tired of the smell or you want to set a better example for your kids or it's just too expensive or what or it's just something that you never really wanted to get involved with in the first place and so what you do is you take that and you're like i'm going to be a better example for my kids that's the top of the ladder yeah instead of i'm going to stop smoking you figured out why you want that to be the case and then you reframe it as a positive thing of i want to be healthier i want to set a good example for my children I want to save more money, whatever it is. That's then the top of the ladder. And then the rung would be, I'm going to eat three square meals a day. I'm going to eat more fruits and vegetables. Uh-huh. I'm going to uh, start, uh, go to a dance class. I'm going to replace I... it with something yeah. good, something And all positive. those things have proven to help people who are smoking. Like if they start eating more fruits and vegetables, right. if they take up a sport or something, those are proven ways to overcome the unhealthy habit of, of smoking. Exactly. So the rule of thumb is for, for this second step of being positive and achievable. Oh, we haven't even covered achievable yet. So let's, okay. So let me get there. We talked a lot about being positive and that that's kind of the first, that's where most people stumble when setting goals. Is so that, set a goal of what you're going to do, not what you're not going to do. Correct. And then another, but it needs to be achievable. And then you're like, well, duh, it's a goal. But a lot of people set Goals that are unachievable, they're too grandiose. You know, the, I'm so out of shape, I haven't exercised in seven years, but this year's going to change. I'm going to run five miles every day. Uh. <laughs> okay, well, you know, that's specific. Yeah. That's good. It's positive. <laughs> it's positive. But it's it is, what you're going to do. <laughs> but it's unrealistic. It's too much. It's, it's a too it's much extreme. of a shock. It's too much of a shock to your system where, yeah, maybe, it, maybe the initial excitement will kick in. And we know this. We all, there are all the memes about people, you know, first day at the gym, it's packed. Second day, ghost town. You know, <laughs> at the beginning of the year, every year, everyone makes the New Year's resolution. I'm going to go to the gym every day this week or every 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 day this year. And for that first week, the gym is just packed. And by the second week of January, it's just a ghost town because it's too much of a disruption to your existing schedule. <laughs> there, there are other problems there too. You know what? I I remember you telling this to me with one of my goals. I was going to bed at like one in the morning. I don't know why. I was probably on the computer or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to go to bed earlier. I'm going to start going to bed at nine o'clock at night. And you're like, you're laughing and you're like, honey. <laughs> I still am. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe aim for 1130. <laughs> Just. Start there. <laughs> 11 o'clock. An hour and a half is yeah, a Yeah, big... you'll feel better. Just take it one, you know, you, I mean, that's like, what, five, six hours? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to dramatically upend my entire life cycle. <laughs> <laughs> my... Sleep cycle. Sleep cycle, yeah. I mean, not life cycle. <laughs> life cycle. <laughs> I'm gonna okay. My... I'm going to upend my sleep cycle. Okay. So the idea is set something that's reasonable. I mean, yeah, maybe you do want to, Start finally this year is the year for you to go to the gym. Maybe just set a goal to go once a week. Or maybe set the goal to do some exercise at home once a week. And then or go but, on a walk with a friend. But set that goal for one month or two months. So, it, well, and we'll talk about that in a second. But then once you've achieved that goal, the next rung on the ladder would be to go to the gym twice a week. And then once you've achieved that goal, then the next rung on the ladder would be. Three times a week. So again, make your goals positive and achievable. And and the rule of thumb for that, this here, the second principle is focus on the goal you want to accomplish, not the thing you don't. Not the thing you want to 
well, however you said it a second ago, it was really good. And focus on what you want to do, not what on you, not what you don't want to there do. There you go. Okay. Principle number three: deadlines and milestones. So, and I just mentioned this: a deadline. You got to know when the goal is going to end. Again, that whole concept of somebody, an outside person looking in, would be able to see if you've accomplished your goal. If there's no deadline, if it goes, if your goal goes on and on and on forever, it's it's not going to work. And and this is why. Say your your goal is to spend more time with your kids, and you'd be like, if you set a goal that has no end, they have a tendency to collapse under their own weight. I'm going to. Uh, they're too overwhelming. The, the first time you mess up on your goal, you're like, oh well, that's it. I I didn't make it, and you give up mm-hmm. because it's it's too overwhelming. I made the goal to go to the gym every day, and I missed Friday, man, and then I missed Monday. Okay, forget it. I didn't make my goal. And then you, and it collapses. You're, you're, the goal, you can't do it. it. You've already messed up. Oh, well, that was, I guess I'll try again next year. Whereas if you make a specific goal for it for a time period, like say, let's go with the gym example. I'm going to go to the gym once a week for the next three months. You can even break that down. Oh, well, that's what? Four weeks per month, uh, 12. Tw- that's only 12 weeks. Okay. I'm going to go to the gym 12 times in the next three months. If you miss a week, you may be like, oh, dang it, I missed Friday. Tell you what, this week I'll go twice. I'm going Monday and Friday. You're still in the game. Well, um, what uh, with the Money Pants app, I like setting milestones on there because it goes off of a weekly. If you go a whole week accomplishing your goal, you get a mastery point. Mm-hmm. And it keeps track of your mastery points. So you can set milestones and say, hey, every week I get a mastery point for, let's say you set the goal to write in your journal every night. Right. And you go the entire week writing in your journal every single night. That week you get a mastery point. Mm-hmm. And so what you can do with the app is you can set up milestone rewards where, hey, if I get, if I earn 12 mastery points for journal writing, I'm going to, you know, hey, I'll take you to the water park. Oh, or right. yeah. you can set up something. Or if your kids um like working on a problem that they have, like, for example, we had a child who was picking at their acne and they didn't want to. And so instead we're like, okay, if you instead care for your skin and, you know, do this skincare regime and you know you're gentle with your face, and you take care of your skin. Skincare regime. Yeah, like like you know. Like uh, a regimen. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> regimen. <laughs> oh dear, I said it wrong. Okay, if you take care of your skin every night, and you get this many, hey, we have this reward set up for you because we knew it was something important to them that they were trying to work on, and that worked really well. Is to say, hey, if you can make it eight weeks, if you can make it twelve weeks, right? Because there's and, a, there's an there's an end every, that they're but, working towards. But what was nice is that every week, it, you your opportunity to earn that mastery point started over mm-hmm. again, and so that's. I like that about money pants because you don't get discouraged about getting getting it because you kind of have a fresh start every week to to earn mastery points towards your milestones. Exactly, and I and that you you bring up a really good point. The whole the whole concept of milestones is that even the classic, you know, your goal to eat a whale. You know, your goal is the top of the ladder, whatever it may be, and then you have all these rungs. Well, it's like my goal is to eat a whale. But I got to break it down into all these smaller parts. Well, how do you eat a whale? How do you eat a whole whale? Well, in order to eat a whale in a year, you got to break it up into twelve sections, one for each month. Then you break it down into weeks, then into days, then into meals, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, this isn't that bad. It's not insurmountable anymore. But if you look at the whale and go, how am I ever going to eat that whale? You're like, yeah, I just, it's not going to happen. It'll unless never you, happen. Unless you don't like whale meat. And then you've got... <laughs> no, it's an analogy. <laughs> anyway, but you're, you're still eating the whale. It's just, it's not overwhelming. You've broken it up into little, pardon the pun, bite-sized pieces. And that's that's the whole concept behind these rungs that we're talking about when you're, when you're trying to achieve these goals is you have a deadline, but then you also have milestones. And milestones are kind of like rungs on the ladder. These moments where you're like, yes, I accomplished I'm that part of it. I'm my goal. Further, I'm getting further towards reaching the overall. So I think, well, I think a good example would be, you know, maybe maybe you have a kid who has, <laughs> has the habit of fighting or teasing. So you could say, well, Billy, if you go the whole week being a peacemaker, you can have a friend over on Saturday. 
or, you know, if you can go the whole day <laughs> being a peacemaker, you can watch, you know, your favorite show for a half hour tonight. Or if it's really a problem, you get, well, if you can go until lunchtime being a peacemaker, I'll let you have two cookies instead of one or even worse. Okay. If you can go the next 15 minutes being a peacemaker, I'll give you a jelly bean where the, the, the end goal is to get your kid to go the rest of their life being a peacemaker. But that's, that's insurmountable. That's the whole whale. So what yeah, you do? You're just going to get overwhelmed yeah. if you so, present it that way. So you're like, okay, well, I'll set a goal for the year. Well, that's not going to work. They can't, they can't even last a month. They can't even last a week. They, some kids can't even last a day. So what you need to do is make the goal smaller, reasonable for where they're at. But then, as they accomplish that, mark those little milestones. Of, oh wow, okay, you went the day. Very good. You accomplished that goal or that part. I guess you could. Milestones are kind of like parts of a goal where you accomplished that part of this goal of going the whole day being a peacemaker. You made it to lunch. Way to go. Can you make it to dinner? Let's see. Oh, wow. You made it to dinner. All right. Can you make it till bedtime? Boom. Then at the end of the day, you've broken it up into these three little parts. They made the whole, whoa, they made the whole day and you've, and we're going to talk about rewards in a second, but you broke it up into these little milestones, these little sections of your goal. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, wow, I, I can do it. I remember hearing a story a long time ago from a guy who, I don't want to use all these smoking analogies, but it was, where a guy smoked cigars and he didn't like it. And he was driving, this is, you know, probably 50 years ago, he was driving in the car, smoking a cigar, and he noticed the back windows were all covered in the cigar smoke, whatever, and he and he had kids there, and, he, and something just clicked, and he's like, what am I doing? This is a nasty habit. It's bad for my kids. It makes a mess. I don't want to do this anymore. He said, you know what? I'll just go to the next rest stop. They're on a, some road trip. And he's like, I'll go to the next rest stop without smoking. And he made it to the rest stop. And he's like, oh, I made it. Okay, well, I'll go to the next rest stop. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, I didn't smoke the whole time to the next rest stop. He's like, okay, well, maybe I can go till we get home. And he didn't smoke until he got home. He's like, wow, maybe I can go the rest of the week. And he went the rest of the week. He's like, wow. That's, that's amazing. I bet I could go two weeks. And he just kept expanding the goal. Oh, wow. Until, and he's like, it, it worked. I haven't smoked in 50 years. But he had set these little tiny goals for himself. So, like, for instance, I have, I've made many goals in my life for little things that I want to change. But I always have to set that, that deadline and a milestone. I heard years ago a story about an Olympic swimmer who got like a, and I can't remember the details, but it was something like they got a silver medal in the Olympics and they, they had lost by like a second or a second and a half, which, you know, in the Olympics is huge. You know, the difference between a, a, a second, between first and second place, one second is a, an eternity. And they're like, how in the world am I going to close the gap to get the gold? One second is... They're, they're already going as fast as they can. They've been training their whole life and they're already going as fast as they possibly can. How are they going to get faster, especially a whole second faster? And they broke it down. They're like, okay, Olympics is, you know, four years, four years away, blah, 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 blah. If I shave off, and I can't remember the details, but something like if I shave off a thousandth of a second, if I go a thousandth of a second faster every day during practice, I'll be a second faster by the time the Olympics roll around again. And all of a sudden, being a thousandth of a second faster every day was doable. They're like, oh, I can do that. And they worked with the trainer. And sure enough, every day they improved by a thousandth of a second. And by the time the Olympics rolled around, they actually were faster than they wanted to be. And I, if I remember right, they ended up winning the gold. And it was a you know, big happy ending where, oh, wow, little tiny goals led to the, the overall goal Break, of... Breaking it down into something that was reasonable... And it just not overwhelming. Right. I, th I think that's the that's the one thousandth of a second <laughs> improvement. Right. That's, like, that's the bite. This is better than what I was doing. That's the bite of the elephant or the bite of the whale. Yeah. yeah exactly. So, all right. Now the okay. So now we're on to oh oh oh. So so rule of thumb: if you're going to eat a whole whale, break it down into bite-sized pieces. That's the whole concept for you know when setting deadlines and milestones. Principle number four an accountability partner. This is, I think a bad example would be, I'm going to use my smoking buddy 
to help me stop smoking. Or I'm going to use my drinking buddy to help me with my drinking problem. That's not effective. And I'll explain why in a second. But it would be better to say, I'm going to confide in my priest or bishop and report to him every month with my drinking problem or my online gambling problem or whatever it may be. Where the accountability partner is huge when it comes to setting goals and achieving and achieving goals. We kind of, up to this point, we've kind of been talking about setting goals, but this is kind of where the, the tide changes, where now we're going to be talking about how to, how to actually achieve them. And having an accountability partner is huge. There's a quote, uh, something like, uh, make sure I get this right, where performance is measured, performance improves. So if you're measuring how you're doing, you're going to get better. But when performance is measured and reported, the rate of improvement accelerates. So this is the key to getting it done faster, achieving your goals faster. And more efficiently. And it's, of course, it's more satisfying because when you're achieving your goals at a faster rate. Yeah, you're seeing that progress, which is exciting. So the, the idea is when you report your progress, you improve faster. So, and, that, and that's why when we set up Money Pants, the whole concept was the, the accountability partners are embedded in there. You have to have a parent in order to administer money pants. They are the accountability partner for yeah. the children. And so really what payday is, is an opportunity for your children or your spouse to report how they're doing. Exactly. And so don't think of it just as payday. It's the, uh, once again, the goal of money pants is to teach your children to work, but it's also to t- um, help them reach their potential, help them achieve their goals. And so payday, it's it's their chance to report to somebody how they're doing. And that, that's not for you to go, oh, you did awful this week. Them just having to say, okay, I kind of, I, I didn't achieve this goal at all this week. And you say, oh, if, if you're the accountability partner, it helps if you just say, okay, well, why not? Or what what could help you? What do you think could help well, you? Well, no, there's so much power um, there knowing well, you're going to be reporting to well, somebody. For, well, let me give you an example. One time, one of my kids set a goal to write in his journal every night. Mm-hmm. And it's paydams. And I think you said, okay, you didn't write in your journal. Why didn't you write in your journal? And just out of curiosity, and he's like, ah, I don't have a pen. <laughs> and you're like, okay, let's, let's, get you let's a pen. solve that problem. And the next week he came back and he was having success. But but when you report it and you actually have to answer these questions and they weren't like uh, accusing or anything, it was just a simple, okay, you know, what no, can... Knowing you're going to be giving a report <clears throat> as to how you did, knowing that yeah, more often than not will help motivate you to do the goal. It's it's just human nature. It's knowing really powerful. That, knowing that you have someone, someone that you're accountable that. to raises the motivation level way higher. <laughs> Knowing that there's going to be judgment day at the end of this <laughs> life. <laughs> you're going to have to report what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. So, but anyway, so when you do payday, do not think of it just as, oh, here's your money. It's 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 the, that opportunity. Yeah, it's it, it accomplishes yeah. more than one thing. And well, no, so, you're supposed to go through and review. Mm-hmm. And it actually gives you details about each one of their jobs and their habits, how they did during the week. You tap on it and it tells them they did it Monday, Tuesday, Friday, and, and Sunday, but they missed, you know, whatever days they missed it. The idea is to go through each one of those things, each one of their 10 habits and however many daily and weekly jobs they have and go, okay, how'd you do? And give an accounting of how they did. Yeah. Well, for example, sometimes they might they go, oh, well, I never get the my goal accomplished on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And you're like, why not? Well, I take dance classes in the evening and that's usually when I I do my goal. Mm. And so I end up not doing it. And and so you're able to talk about it. And a lot of times they're able to come up with a solution of, yeah. wait, I could do it during my lunch lunch break instead. Exactly. And so and so then they end up cor- making the cor- self-correcting. And because they're reporting and they're they're having to present their their situation. Well, let's flip the script here just for a second. What if you don't have an accountability partner? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. That's your, nothing. That's what happens. Nothing. You were. You don't. Well, well, no. You, you could still like if you as long as you were tracking it, you would still approve improve. 
but it's just not going to happen it's as so much quickly. more effective. Well, I think it's way more effective to know you're going to be giving an accounting yeah. of how you did, knowing you're going to be reporting to somebody how you did it. Otherwise, if you're not reporting back to somebody, it's so easy. It's so easy to be like, I'll do it next week. Mm-hmm. I'll get there next time because you're not accountable to anybody. Yeah. So that having an accountability partner is really critical. Oh, and then you mentioned earlier boy, when we started putting parents into money pants. That, that's the idea is spouses should be their own. Uh, there should be the accountability partner for each other. Yeah, where, yeah. So when you do payday, you, you have to have your spouse there basically quizzing quizzing you. So, okay, yeah. so how did you do? Just yeah. just look over their things, not because you're being a busybody, but just so they have somebody to show their progress to and And it's really to. satisfying. It's, yeah. it's actually look, satisfying. Oh, wow, I'm accomplishing this and this is These I'm are really things excited I wanted to this. do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and like I said, my husband and I used to do this without money pants and you don't have to have money pants to do this. You can write down yeah, your you goals do anyway. and report. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to have the app to to do this, but if you are using the app, that's when you do it. Okay. And then principle number 5 for proper goal setting have a reward in place. So we talk a lot about rewards. Reward, reward, reward. That money pants is all about rewards. Constant, regular, systematic rewards. And, you know, when you accomplish a goal, that is, that's awesome. You feel so good about yourself. You know, maybe your goal was to make the the basketball team or the dance team and you're like, yes, I may. Or you get into college or, you know, that euphoria. Mm -hmm. But, before that happens, before you have that euphoria, especially if you've never had it, you, you've never achieved a goal before, you don't even know what that's like. And so, or if you're trying a, a, a goal in a new area of your life, you're not sure if it's going to work. And so that anticipation or that hope of that reward isn't going to be enough to sustain you when times get tough. You need something else. And that's why we recommend external rewards. So as you just mentioned, you know, money pants is set up to have payday which is, you know, that weekly reward, and it's a good place to start. But really, sometimes you need additional rewards. You need those social reinforcers. You need those uh, mastery rewards where uh, additional privileges or additional um, activities or whatever it may be to really solidify and get you excited to achieve your goal. But also, and this is key, to keep you going when times get tough. Well, I mentioned this uh, this morning we were watching, we've been watching on great courses, the lectures on different types of addictions. Mm-hmm. And in more than one of the courses, at the end, they always go over what treatments help the patients get well. And in the best, for several of them, they've said that the best treatment is, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, where they like figure out ways to like, like, oh, I'm not going to. I'm going to find new friends or I'm going to take a different route to work or, you know, so where they come up with strategies in cognitive behavioral therapy, but combined with receiving a reward every time they have a clean drug test. For, for some reason, that's one of the most effective ways of helping because a they person accomplish their goal. because it's step by step, week by week, every week that you come in and you can, you know, your test comes out that you're clean. Mm-hmm. They have rewards for them. And so it, and it works. works. It, that's one of the main things that help people with really horrible addictions is having at that but reward in place for being is, clean. But overcoming an addiction is no different than... Achieving any other goal. goal. Well, now think about it. All of your bad behaviors or things that you don't like about yourself are just addictions, essentially. Yeah, bad habits. The bad habit is just, it's just a minor addiction. I'm I'm addicted to criticizing or I'm addicted to Facebook or I'm addicted to whatever behavior it may be. If you look at it like an addiction, you're like, oh, okay, I see how I need to address it. it yeah. I mean, it, so the cognitive behavioral therapy is like setting these positive goals. And mm-hmm. then the other part was rewarding them every week they were able to be clean. So it was it was kind of, in- I was like, oh, that's like money pants. <laughs> well, also, so let's give kind of a, an example here. For instance, and you brought up journal writing, so we'll go with that, where if Sally, you know, gets her journal writing done all week, She'll get paid through money pants. There's mm-hmm. a monetary reward associated with that. That's that's built in. But to help motivate, especially if it's a new habit and something she's just starting out, maybe 
an additional reward would be, okay, if you can go two weeks or three weeks in a row or whatever it is, or maybe just one week, we'll take you to the library and let you pick out another library book. Mm -hmm. Or, and yes, that's nerdy, but maybe that's what that kid wants. Or, you know, you go two weeks and you can have a friend over and you guys can watch a movie together with, uh, you can watch a movie together with, and we'll pop popcorn. Or, you know, it's just, it's another layer of reinforcing and rewarding the behavior and the habit and the goal that you want to accomplish. So, uh, well, um, one thing, like if you are using money pants, when you're setting the app up with your kids and you're presented with how much money they could potentially earn for that year, mm-hmm. and then you assign that money to piggy banks. And so it may be going to your sports piggy bank. Let's say your kid loves soccer. Mm-hmm. And so some of that money say, hey, 150 of that's going to go towards soccer registration and then some of it to soccer gear and then some of it's going to go to clothes. You're not just budgeting. These are actually rewards. And so oh, the way Money Pants is set up, the budget is stuff that your child is excited about. Yeah, that they're, they want. They want to earn so basically, it's not really a budget. You're you're making a list of things list that of you're excited about. Oh, that I like yeah, that. It's, yeah. So we were kind of debating: should we call it a budget or should we call it your rewards? Well, we call it a spending plan. A spending plan, and but we call it's, it a spending it's plan. It's rewards. It's your rewards for your work. It's it's what motivates you and will keep you going when it's hard, when achieving your goals becomes hard. Okay, no, I, hey, soccer's coming up. I really want to keep going. So, so keep that in mind if you are using the app, but if not, you know, have things that you're working towards that you're excited about. And along those lines, I I think that's really key. I want to, it kind of ties into what you just said, but also going back to the whole accountability partner thing, parenting, having a parent involved where don't set goals for somebody else. Don't set their goals. Oh, I want you to be president. Well, what if they don't want to? It it won't work and they'll fight you every step of the way and it'll be miserable for everybody involved. You, you actually can't effectively set goals for somebody else. You have to find out what goals they have. Mm-hmm. And that again, that, that's why we made it as customizable as it is, where you, you have all these different habits and goals that you can set for yourself. But get if you're helping your kids set this up, with money pants, have get, oh them. my goodness, get their input. Yeah. Observe them, watch them, pay attention to what they like, what they don't like. And they should be the ones, like we talk to our kids all the time, what goals do you want to set? And there's plenty of preset goals that we mm-hmm. offer, but talk to your kids and there'll, there'll be ones that they get excited about where well, like Falcon it, it, wants to model. He loves the modeling and the, the 3D animating program, whatever. He wants to do a certain number per yeah, day. Yeah, he's 11 years old. And, and that's his it, goal. Yeah, when I sat down with him, I'm like, okay, what goals do you want? He's like, well, I want to be able to, I want to get really good at Maya. I want to watch. Yeah, he wanted to get certified. And I'm like, well, how are you going to do that? Like, what do you need to do? Mm -hmm. He's like, I want to watch one tutorial every day. And so he put that on his, when he was done making his list of goals, he was so excited about the list of goals that he had. And one was to compose a, a song on Garage Band once a week, which you guys listen to. So <laughs> we put them at the end of the, end We of make the you show. listen to them, right? Um, anyway, but we make you listen. <laughs> yeah, Sit down, I'm making to this. a goal for you. No, anyway, but uh, the older the kids get, the more excited they become about that part about the app. Mm. So, so you know, if you have really little kid, like very young kids, you kind of do like set the goals for them but as they no get older no, as they get around 10 years old maybe eight years Go old to the bathroom older, outside your pants yeah. um, <laughs> um by the time they're teenagers they're like and you sit down and ask them they're like oh i want to make a goal to do this i want to do this mm-hmm. i want to do that they have so many things that they want to accomplish where that's what they're excited about with the app is is accomplishing their goals. And if it, your teenagers or, or young adults uh, who are using it, they're way more likely to be on board if they have a list of goals that they are personally passionate about achieving, that they are, that you're not telling them what to do, whereas they're like, this is where I want to go. I want to be able to get into this college. So I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then and, you're, then, as the parent, then you're the support group 
for your children and encouraging them along. You're like a cheerleader saying, almost. Hey, like, yeah, I'm, go for I'm, I'm going to reward you. I'm going to yeah. set this up. I'm going to do everything I can to support you. And so, because and they'll be, it'll it'll be a positive thing because then they feel supported with what they're trying to accomplish. Rather and, than you foisting whatever you think they should be doing, yeah, it's totally different when they're the ones with the goals and they're they're after it themselves. And, yeah, and you're there supporting them, and it's really cool. The dynamic really changes where now they look to you for for that support and that help and mom. How do I? And they feel understood too. Yeah, and it's it's really cool and it's very satisfying. So, for right. principle number five, the rule of thumb is achieving goals is not enough of a motivator to keep going. Yeah, when times get tough, so you need to have adi- attach additional rewards to get you through the times when when you're just tempted not to to do your goal. So, yeah, a, a bad example would be. Achieving the goal is good enough for my child. Better would be if my child is able to get their journal writing done all week, they'll get paid, you know, $3. But the best would be if my child writes in their journal all week for two weeks in a row, they can have a friend over with popcorn. So we're just layering these levels of rewards. And because sometimes just the the reward itself of accomplishing a goal just isn't enough, especially well, for bigger goals. Yeah. When our son, Caleb, was 11 years old, he was in the Boy Scouts of America mm-hmm. and he was behind. He hadn't had a lot of support with it and he was behind. And we said, hey, look, if we were having economic problems, so we really couldn't support him financially. And mm-hmm. we said, hey, look, we did have an old car in the garage and it didn't work. What are you talking about? Uh, well, by the time <laughs> it was dead for a while, if you remember, it started having a lot of problems. Oh, it okay, was, yes. Yeah. Anyway, but it was a cool old 280ZX. 1980. 1980. 280ZX. Yeah. And uh, blue and white. Striped. Yeah, and it wasn't an expensive car at the time. We could have sold it for four thousand dollars, I think. Yeah. But we told him, "Hey, look, if you can get your Eagle Scout by the time you're 16." Uh, before your 16th before birthday. Your, before your 16th birthday, you can have that car. And because we, we're in a stressful situation right now and we don't have financial support for you and or anything. So that kid, he took scouts very serious. No, he, he worked very hard. He mowed lawns, saving up money. He went to two scout camps one summer that he paid for himself to get the merit yeah, badges like that he needed. Yeah, dollars He earned that himself he working for neighbors. He was a man on a mission. Yeah. And when he went to the scout camp, usually you would get like five merit badges. And he came home with like eight or nine. He got like the maximum number he possibly could have where he was just really taking advantage of every opportunity he could. And he was willing to, we didn't have the ability to pay for these camps or things like that, where he was, he would buy his own equipment. He would do whatever was necessary to, to get to each new level of scouts, but it just helped for him to have this overall, Hey, if I can get this done by the time I'm 16, I, that's going to be my car. Yeah. And there's and, so, there was so much going on there though, where he getting his Eagle would have been an amazing accomplishment. And it was something that he wanted. And it was something we wanted for him. So it was just great all the way around. But that that in and of itself would not have been enough for that overwhelming task of, of trying to get your eagle. Especially, you know, during the football season when he didn't have time and he was so tired and he was taking AP class. And it was just, it was overwhelming. And that eagle thing, it would just been too easy to be like, yeah, I'm just not going to make it. Mm-hmm. But knowing there was that car waiting it kept for him, him going when times were tough, it really did. And so, similarly, a lot of parents give their kids cars, like maybe not expensive cars, maybe old junker cars. But instead of just handing them over, let them earn it. Let them earn it, like things by, that, by accomplishing something that they want yeah, to do. Though. Turn it into a reward, mm-hmm. and and so yeah, he's very proud of himself for you know becoming an Eagle Scout and what he accomplished. But he knows that what that and car every represents. time he yeah. drives that car, it reminds him, hey, you did that, you accomplished that. That was that was good. Yeah. That was, it was that impressive. was awesome. It was impressive. Yeah. Uh, when you're setting goals, it is very important that you examine your motives 
underneath the goal. And the reason I bring this up is this is it's something I'm sensitive about because of an experience I had. When I was a teenager, I was uh, with a ballet company and I got a lot of pressure about my weight. And I, I was always the pudgy dancer, <laughs> the overweight yeah. dancer. Because you I was eighty pounds. Yeah, I, I, and I'm not. I, I've never had a thin build. I, I have a more stout build, and so sturdy legs. Sturdy legs, right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so I would set a goal. I'm going to lose weight, and my motives were: I'm ugly. I'm I'm unlovable. I'm a failure. Boys don't want to date me. I'm I'm Did not going to think Yes, that? I thought that I, I you remember told at, at one point walking around at BYU campus thinking all these girls have boyfriends and they're holding hands and they're all thinner than I am. That's why I don't have a boyfriend right now is because I'm ugly. I'm ugly because and you're I unwanted. You're and unlovable. I was unwanted. I was unlovable. Wow. I even had somebody tell me if I didn't lose weight, I wouldn't get married. And so it Prove was like, oh yeah. No, <laughs> so so I, like I'm a failure. I'm ugly. And so I would set this goal of I am going to exercise and I am going to lose weight. And but because my these underlying thoughts of mine underneath that goal were so negative, I was willing to do whatever it took to overcome this problem, even if it was harmful, even if it was damaging to my body Wait, what, or to what, what, my health. What do you mean? And what, even I if it you were was just exercising. Even if it was extreme. Well, I would I would not eat. Or I would oh, over-exercise for I hours. Okay. Or I, I I would go on weird diets, like weird, that weren't balanced, weren't healthy. And I so was willing to in order to, to try, accomplish your goal, you were doing bad things. Yeah. So I was setting goals and I was saying, hey, I'm going to do this, this, and this. But they weren't good for me. They were unhealthy. But because, because my underlying motive was I'm unlovable, I'm... I'm bad. I'm a pig. I'm, and I had all these negative thoughts about myself. Uh, so w- when I would go jogging, I would, I remember saying over and over myself, I'm fat. I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm ugly. I have to keep going. I'm fat. I'm ugly. Nobody's going to like me. That's awful. And I would go five miles saying this to myself. So when I would exercise, it would like reinforce this negative view of myself. I've got to do this or nobody's going to like me. I've got to do this or nobody's going to like me. So by accomplishing my goal, I was also ruining what I thought about myself. Yeah, it was kind of yeah, yeah, it was up. messed up. That's called an eating disorder. <laughs> okay. So I I ended up getting help for this. Um, help from a therapist, help from a dietitian who specialized in helping people with eating disorders. Her name was Stacy Richens, and she worked with all the people at BYU who had eating disorders, and she was awesome. And, and then also I took an, a fantastic nutrition class at BYU. I read books, uh, the books by Ellen Satter. She she's a lady who worked with children with eating disorders and helped children overcome eating disorders. And then also when I got married, my husband was very supportive and very non-judgmental. Because you're awesome. Yeah, thank you. Anyway, well, no, because so, I knew you wanted to do this, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, we can do that. And then the the other thing that helped me was I started trying to understand my relationship with God and what He thought of me and. And as I studied and understood God better, it it changed how I started viewing myself. Later, as I recover and I learned about nutrition, instead of feeling bad about myself every time I ate a meal, I started feeling really good about myself when I prepared a meal that was balanced. I'm like, oh, this is good for me. This is good for me. I'm My body needs this. I'm taking care of myself. Well, didn't didn't and, your lady have you doing three square meals oh, a day? Oh, yeah. She and- had me doing three meals plus a, a snack. I wasn't allowed going more than four hours without eating a meal. And she had me a- adding in all the food groups. And, so- and I had studied about them. And I knew like all these different foods had all these nutritional benefits for my body. And this is doing this for me. And I need this. And so I started feeling instead of being embarrassed when I was eating and being like, oh, I'm ashamed. such a no, pig. Why am shame. I ashamed? I'm yeah. like, I'm taking care of myself. This is good for me. And 
I had this sense of I'm worthwhile, I'm valuable, and that's why I'm eating. That's why I'm preparing these meals for myself. Mm -hmm. And it was a very positive thing. Every time I would take care of myself, I would feel good about myself. <laughs> no, remember the time, though, you were testing the water to see if I would be upset if you <laughs> ate the ice cream? <laughs> oh, yeah, one time. I Because I, it, when you have somebody judging you, I, it's, it's really hard to overcome an eating disorder. And my husband said, I don't care. I don't. I don't care no, no, I how said, much. You I don't care eat. how much you. No, I said. I don't, I don't care, care how, how much, much you weigh, weigh I, as long as you're healthy. Yeah, and I want you and to you, eat your and I meals. Want you to, I want you to take care of your body. Yeah, that's what anyway, I said. So and one I hold time, true to that. So one time I bought like five things of ice cream. What? Yeah, and I put them in the freezer. Really? And and I sat down and like we had had dinner and I sat down and I ate a bowl of ice cream. And I was waiting for my husband to tell me, hey, you've had enough. You should probably put that away. You don't need ice cream. And then I got out another bowl. And I, I ate it, that one. And I got out another bowl. I ate that. He didn't even notice. And I'm like. Yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> and anyway, and I like ate as much as I wanted. And, and then I'm like. Oh, he's he really doesn't care. Like he doesn't. Well, he's not, ice cream is good though too. <laughs> he, he's like, yeah. anyway, and so there are nutritional benefits. The last the couple cream. boxes of ice cream just ended up sitting in there forever because I I was like I actually believed that you weren't judging me or thinking of me in a bad way, and so that that helped. But I remember I had to give up exercising for a while because it had become such a negative it thing a negative, for me. No, no, it was ingrained that it was a negative yeah, thing. And yeah, and so I had sure. to just stop doing it for a while. But after a while, when I felt like I was doing well enough, I, I'm like, I actually miss like running and getting my heart pumping. And I, it was like, I think after Tia was born... And I went running and I was like, oh, this feels so good to have my heart pumping and, and my blood circulating through my body. And oh, it, like I loved the feeling and I, but it was, I'm taking care of myself. This is so good totally for my body instead of I'm going to hurt my body because I'm a bad person or it was, I'm worthwhile. I'm taking care of myself. I'm making myself feel better. I'm, and so when you're making goals, examine your uh, motives. Examine your motives because maybe maybe your goal looks the same as somebody else's, but if underneath that goal you're like, I have this goal because I'm not lovable. That's awful. And or I'm not worth anything, then that's not that's It's an inherently negative goal, too. Yeah. There there's something wrong there. Yeah. And the problem with that is your goals or what you're willing to do to accomplish your goal chances are it's going to actually hurt you or damage you. And so you want to pay attention to that and be sensitive to what your motives are for that goal that you've set for yourself. So my experience of making a goal that had a wrong motive, I, I know I'm not alone with that. For example, I once read a relationship book that I, I think was awful. I think the book was absolutely awful. But at, at one point, of, oh, wait, 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 what are. was that? What was the name of it? The Rules. The Rules. That was it. <gasps> okay. And wait, is that the one you had me read? Yeah, it, it was this book where, oh, you've got to act like this. You've got to do this. You've got to act like this. You got to do this. Never let, never let, you know, the guy you like see you without your makeup on. Never do this, you know, um, always be smiling. Never let him see you be sad. Never. It, it had all these little tricks. The and rules. Rules to mm -hmm. follow. And then towards the end How of the to book. How properly motivate the guy you want to marry. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Anyway, and towards the end of the book, it said, okay, and then you're going to get married. But keep in mind, when you get married, these rules don't end. In other words, these little games you're playing, they have to keep going. But at the end of the book, they said, hey, if you follow the rules, you don't have to worry about your husband having an affair. You don't have to ever worry about your husband beating you or leaving you. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So you didn't wear your makeup. You got overweight. And that's why your husband's beating you. It's your fault. You, you didn't wear makeup today. So I've met women who like, they're like, I'm not wearing makeup. I don't want people to like me because of my makeup. You know, I'm not, I'm not shallow like that. And that's why it's because of books like that. But think about it. If you're putting on makeup every day because you don't want your husband to beat you or have an affair, that's a very awful 
motivation that you're unlovable unless you 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 paint yourself up with makeup. But if you're uh, styling your hair and putting on your makeup because you are valuable and you are lovable, then it's not destroying your self-esteem. It's you caring for yourself, but your motive for doing it matters. The one will destroy your self-esteem. The other is just going, yeah, this is part of me caring for myself and and who that I'm worthwhile. I am, I I am, am worthwhile. And that's why I'm doing this. But not so I won't get beat. <laughs> so so anyway, but so I know though, I'm not the only person that had has had a problem with making a goal and ha- and where you step back and examine the underlying motive and it's not healthy. And so you you want to make sure that you, they're always at the base of it. It's the belief is I am lovable already. I am valuable. I have inherent value. I have inherent yeah. value. And that's why I'm doing this, not the opposite. So anyway. Good, that's, very good point. Motives matter. Yeah. Wow. Good point. I really like that. So, I mean, just, just a quick recap. There's... Five basic principles that, that we believe will help you make and achieve your goals. And those are goals should be specific and measurable, number one. Number two, they should be positive and, positive and achievable. Number three, they, you should have deadlines and milestones. Number four, you should have an accountability partner. And number five, you have to, have to, have to, have to have a reward. Any reward is better than no reward. And as you just said, when you're making the goals, though, and all along the way, make sure you're analyzing your motives. Why are you setting these goals? What, what, are, your, what are your motives for, for trying to accomplish these things? And, and just be honest with yourself. And that, I guess that kind of goes without saying, but maybe not, where be honest with yourself. And if you're the parent and you're helping your children come up with their goals, be honest there too. Are you are you trying to live your life through your children? Are you or are you really trying to help them to support them in who they want to become? Yeah. So that whole honesty thing, and we'll get into that in a. It's a whole different topic in and of itself. And sadly, that there's a whole bunch more about goal setting that we could talk about. But what, as mm-hmm. usual, we're out of time. But I think this is a good reminder. You know, if you get stuck. For some reason, you you find yourself and you've you've plateaued or your goals aren't working out. Maybe just review these. And obviously, you know, if you use the Money Pants app, there's a lot of stuff in there. You've got your 10 daily goals, but you've also got milestones and mastery. Um, but I, I realize that Money Pants, it kind of seems like a chores app, but it, it's really not. It's just a, it's a goal setting tool mm-hmm. for you to, to help you make and accomplish your goals it, in a nutshell. So that's all the time we have today. Enjoy another song from the jammin' Falcon Jasper, the 11-year-old tub thumper. See you next time.